Several state government officials used the coronavirus pandemic to push tyrannical policies. The stock market continues its roller coaster, and Democrats actually praise President Trump. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the Guide of Freedom Show. Alrighty guys, happy Friday, and I hope everyone is joining their uh, social, social distancing or quarantine, whatever you want to call it. But I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and everything, taking precautions as needed from this thing. Because, yeah, this thing's gone, gone crazy, especially over this past week, like everything, like shutting down and all that. But, um, but on the good side, I think everything was is going to soon kind of like dwell down the calm the panic is going to calm down and everything but yeah it's been it's been quite crazy but if you notice i'm kind of in a new setting here um no that's not green screen or so you think but yeah it's, it's, it's not it's not really a green screen it's actually where i used to like do my videos um before i had the little actually backdrop and everything but yeah but it's a really really nice day outside it's actually like what is it about 75 degrees 75 degrees that's like the perfect perfect temperature to be outside for so and it's like nice and clear out and everything and like yeah tomorrow if, it, if tomorrow's like this i'm gonna definitely go out hiking or whatever no in no i'm not gonna go and then group among 20 people or anything it's gonna be yeah whatever so okay so um, let's get on to some news and all that about this whole thing. I know probably most people are probably tired of hearing about the coronavirus stuff, but I kind of need something to talk about this show because I can't really think of anything else. But I'm gonna, next week I'm gonna try to talk something about something different than this um, whole crap, whatever. Um, but I'll figure it out then. So um, what I really want to get to today is like basically where what. The government is basically doing overall um, in response to the coronavirus not necessarily the federal, federal government i think the federal government is actually doing like more of the good be, good things about it like you know they done they're doing uh cash like sent out checks to everybody um all the workers who are like because there's many many workers who are out of their business um, workplaces have closed and everything. Uh, thankfully, mine is still open. We just been really sanitized and everything, but and that's all. What you do is take precautions, and so we're still up for business. But it's still, still plenty of people who are, you know, out of work and like, can't go into work, or and just basically had to stay cooped in. That's mainly mainly in the bigger cities where you're seeing that. So I mean, so overall, the federal government is actually doing more of the good thing what's but the with the state governments they're doing some of them not every state every some some states are doing some uh, good things about this whole thing but um our state georgia is not i mean there's several like cities like athens are doing a whole kind of quarantine almost martial type deal but overall the state is not on a full-on lockdown i mean I mean, is on a state of emergency, but it's not. The governor camp is not ordering everybody to shut down necessarily by by military force or whatever. So there's still plenty of businesses open. I mean, not not plenty, but I mean, 
you know what I mean. But anyways, but there's definitely some states who are taking this a little too far, in my opinion. Basically, there's like governors in several states who are basically ordering private businesses to completely close down. And it's very concerning. So like the first one I want to talk about is uh, Governor, Governor Ohio. Right here, and basically the other day he ordered like all non-essential businesses to close. Right here, and here is is uh, Governor Mike DeWine. And here is what this is um, an article by uh, One Nation News, uh, One America News Network. Sorry. Here is what the article says. The governors of Ohio and Illinois have ordered the closure of bars, restaurants, and states to keep people safe from the coronavirus. Early on Sunday, Governor Governors J.B. Pritzker, I'm bad with names, and Mike DeWine um, revealed they were considered considering the closure of non-essential businesses during an interview on um, Meet the Press. If we do not act and get some distance between people, our healthcare system in Ohio will not hold up," state um stated Governor Dewine. The loss will only be will only be those impacted by COVID-19, but the danger is almost to everyone else who needs the hospital care for other issues. And here's like a tweet I uh, was going on with uh, Mike Dewine, Governor Mike Dewine put out. We'll be issuing an order closing all bars and restaurants in Ohio beginning at 9, 9, to 9 o'clock tonight. Establishments can stay open for carry-out and delivery. We, what we can't have is people congregating and seating. Their decision came, came after many states were forced to react to the quick spread of the, the virus. Let me just compliment um, Governor DeWine and the other governors. We're the ones who have... We're the ones who've had to provide leadership because the federal government has fallen down on this," stated Governor um, Prit Pritisker. Uh, I don't know how he said his name. They didn't advise us to shut down major events, sporting events, and praise. We made these decisions on our own. Which is, you know, I mean, that's the whole purpose of why we're kind of a fellows nation. Like, states have trajectory, like, state governors had trajectory over their own state, so, I mean, the federal government can't just come ransack over the states whenever they want. So, I mean, they, yeah, President Trump is kind of leaving it to states to do what they want is actually a good thing, and not just having him and then the, all of them coming, crashing down on them. So, just kind of let, you know, the governors of each state doing what they want to kind of do, what they see is best fit and everything. Ohio has already closed down all schools in Illinois and Illinois canceled the annual St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago. And both um, the governors declared a state of emergency and all that. So um, to a certain extent I see why they they're doing this. Uh, to a certain extent. But I do have a problem with them um, ordering private businesses to basically shut down. I mean, yes, they're still carry out and delivery available, but like the governors, like state government, like governments, the government telling like private businesses, like you need to close down and only serve people in this way, whatever. It's very, it's kind of concerning to me. 
as like a more of a conservative slash libertarian and everything. So, and obviously he's not the only one um, that's done this. I mean, honestly, Ohio's that's not the biggest. That's not the biggest issue overall. I'm mean, kind of understand why he did that. That's not the worst part about this, but the, the worst like thing that's happened. This whole thing is California, of course. Uh, Governor um, Gavin Newsom, who is just <sighs> yeah, Gavin Newsom is just a crab governor, and like Cal he's like sank California down in so many ways, and like the homeless, like yeah, California is just in a deep, deep trouble right now. But like this is from last night, um, apparently what. Especially, this is the article from Fox News. Uh, California Governor Governor Mac Gavin Newsom announced a statewide coronavirus stay-at-home order. So basically, what he's saying that he's ordering like, basically all citizens in California to stay in their homes. So here's what the article says: California Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday evening announced he's enacting a statewide um, order for its nearly 40 million residents to stay at home a wide a wide reaching measure for most for the most populous state in the country as the coronavirus spreads. The order took effect on midnight on Friday morning. It prohibits gatherings outside the outside and requires non essential businesses closed in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. We need to bend the curve in the state of California, Newsom said during a in, um, news conference. There is a social contract here. People, I think, recognize the need to do more. They were just in depth as they have. He added, This is a moment we need to make tough, tough decisions. This is a moment where we need some straight talk and we need to tell people the truth. Public events have been canceled and bars and dining restaurants, gyms and clubs will be closed. And central services such as um, grocery stores, pharmacies and banks will stay open. Newsom's office projected the virus will infect more than half of California more than half of California's within two months, which is a bit of a stretch, I kinda of, I mean in my opinion. But I just don't see it getting that bad from the data or whatever. But anyways. According to a um, letter he sent to President Trump on Wednesday where he said the state has been disproportionately impacted. In some parts of our state, our case rate is doubling every four days, he wrote Trump. Newsom's order came just after Los Angeles County officials announced a near lockdown of the um, county, affecting 10 million res residents, residents, goodness who were urged to stay home, stay home, except in cases when they need to go outside for essential needs. We're about to enter a new way of living in Los Angeles, Mayor Eric Garcetti said at, at a news conference. What we do and how we do it, and if we get this um, right, we'll determine how long this crisis lasts. So statewide, over like more than like 900 people have gotten it, um, gotten this virus so far, and the 19 people have died from it. 19, 19 people have died from this virus in California and about 10,000 people nationwide have gotten this um, tested positive for this virus 
So let's just say, um, let me just say this: like, what Gavin Newsom is doing in California is way, way overboard for for this virus specifically. If this virus, if this virus was like, if you see an outbreak, like, as basically an exaggerated version of Ebola, basically, and if it was something like, or if you see a contagion, it's pretty much almost the same disease, I think. But I don't think it's that. But if it was like something that the virus was that severe. It would be much different, but given what what this virus does and the symptoms that come with this virus, and who's like more at risk, like this is way, way overboard, and it sets a bad precedent for like in the future. And the reason I say this is because I mean, again, like a lot of people are saying, like, oh, this is not this is not the flu. This is not just like the flu. Stop saying, stop saying this is like the flu, whatever. I'm gonna be wrong here. It is basically like the flu. I mean, look, um, actually, the flu has more symptoms than the coronavirus. Um, yes, it is some unknowing. Like, it's unknown, like how how it spreads specifically. Uh, there's some studies that say express even you don't have symptoms, but as very kind of mixed mixed uh, studies on that. I mean, there's it, probably definitely some cases where that where that has happened. Although I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like how it happens, but other than that, most of the time it is spread through if you have symptoms. But other than that, I mean, other than how it spreads, I mean, this maybe it may be different from the flu, maybe not. But other than that, this you got to look at the symptoms, and a lot of people are ignoring the actual symptoms of this because they're focused on the spread and everything. But the symptoms of this virus. It's basically the flu. Um, you can't you can't deny that. Compared to the flu and the coronavirus, you can't deny that they're very very similar. So like, basically with the coronavirus, the the symptoms are like stuffy nose, cough, fever, shortness of breath sometimes. And I mean, I think, and I don't think everybody gets shortness of breath. I think people, most people will probably get like the stuffy nose, cough, and everything. Get a fever, body aches, and all that. And the flu, the flu is the exact same thing, exact same symptoms, and again, actually, I think the flu has more symptoms. So that this locking down the entire state, almost putting the state on martial law, almost that's going way too far. And like I said, it's setting a bad precedent in the future. And like this makes me like the government, the government's like action. The state government's action, like seeing what Gavin Newsom's doing, and all that, that makes me more worried than what the virus can do. Like, and I'm not, I'm not worried about the virus at all. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm taking precautions and everything. I'm not, I'm not going around like rubbing my nose or seizing everybody. I know I wash my hands, you know, taking many precautions as I can, like sanitizing what I can and all that. So that's. It sounds like I'm taking. I'm not taking it seriously at all. I'm taking. I am taking. I want to take it seriously. I am taking it seriously. But at the same time, there's some things that the government needs to do, and some things that, some things that it doesn't. And there's, but the way the government, some governments, the state governments, has done during this whole thing again has just it worries me more than the coronavirus. And it. And it 
and why is and the reason why I say it sets a bad precedent because like this thing about um say go a few years from now to the next presidential election um, because I think you know after this whole crisis I think President Trump will more, more than likely win the presidency because there are a lot of people like just looking up looking like how he's handling and like saying like oh he's handling pretty well for the most part I think I think he's gaining a lot of support during this so although right now that doesn't really matter at this point get off my paper this ant's crawling over but anyways, um, but yeah, go back, go a few years from now. Let's say, let's say a Democrat wins on the presidency, and like seeing how like what several governments have been doing. Imagine like someone, like someone like Gavin Newsom, or takes the presidency, and like say the Democrats win the Senate and the House, like. This, like, the government's, like, the California's action and everything, it sets a bad precedent of what they can do um, as a federal government nationwide. So, let's say Democrats win, and let's say they see, okay, well, many people are being killed by guns, so that means the guns, the gun deaths are a are public health emergency. So, we're going like, to put the whole nation in lockdown, and we're going to go seize... Like all the close down all businesses, all government manufacturers until all the guns are taken or whatever. Or let's say, let's say it's like some Democrats say, okay, people preaching the Bible as a public health emergency to some people mentally or whatever. They can close down all the churches if they wanted to. So it's, I mean, more than likely that won't happen in the near in the near future, but that could happen in the far future, coming around. But. Honestly, if you're like a a freedom-loving American, like a conservative libertarian or whatever, like th what the government, some governments are, state governments are doing here, it should worry you. It should de definitely worry you, worry you more than what this virus can ever do. Like I said, this virus is not. It's, it's honestly not worth this uh, overbearing policy decisions, whatever. But, um, to kind of like switch gears, let's go to about, um, what's really concerning right now is more the economy, what the economy is going to do and everything with all these, um, all these businesses being closed and everything is, is it definitely having an effect on the economy and like the stock market is definitely going up and down and all that. So what we see here, this is, um, as of today, actually, let's kind of update it real quick no don't close it don't close it thank you Sorry, my computer is being slow for some reason. Oh, there we go. Now it's loading. All right, so the stock market is beginning. It's like it's been going up and down. Like today, for example, like I got show a little screenshot up here. 
Uh, this is just from today. So, actually, it's actually gone down since I last looked at it. It's gone down like 251 points. Earlier, it went up. It was like earlier this morning. It was up pretty. Um, it started going up too, but now it's going back down. So, obviously, we can see like this. The stock market is like it is going down, but it's it's like doing a weird roller coaster. Like sometimes it's going up. It's up with pretty good margin, and sometimes it's going right down. So let's to get a better like kind of look at what's been going on. Let's look at a at a month um, standpoint. So this from um, back on February twentieth, and this is when the market. This is when like things the coronavirus started really spreading in the United States. So the market was really up and everything. That's when it was like really high, and then from there it just started going down, 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 down. But you can see it's going, it's been going up, up and down, up, up, up a little bit, down a little bit. So it's like I can't predict, like I can't tell like what exactly is going to happen with this stock market. I imagine like as more businesses close, it's going to keep going down. Economy is going to go down and everything. But I, I. I do have a strong, I'm, I am optimistic, that's just my nature, so I have a feeling that once this whole thing is over thing, over and all that, I think a lot of people are going to say, breathe a sigh of relief and like go out, like celebrating, go to like restaurants, parks, or whatever, so a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money is going to go into the um, economy, so you can see a skyrocket in the stock market and economy, which will be absolute good thing so I'm not I'm not concerned that this will actually lead us into a great depression or even a recession a full-blown recession I just I doubt that's gonna happen especially when when we actually reach the full like two weeks or so that you know the government has been projecting so I think now the newest like trajectory is now about April 8th I, and sometime in early April that's when like things will probably start opening up and may be pushed back it's, but it's only it can only be pushed back so far honestly because I mean, you can't have business, businesses businesses close forever you can't have people stay in their homes forever for months on end like, people are going to go crazy for that um, then again I mean also I mean there's some people you know staying home like 24-7 or whatever but honestly I mean if you're if you can like definitely still get out go to parks or whatever like definitely keep you know keep your hands sanitized you know keep your hands out of your face and you'll be fine I mean and you're not and you stay away from you know stay don't get so close to people if you do that you're gonna be not gonna you'll be fine it's not it's not like the virus is gonna it's floating in the air or if you like breathe is gonna go float around to find his next victim like it literally it stays in the air for maybe I think when I read like maybe 12 seconds or so so that's why or six seconds 10 seconds I can't remember exactly but that's the reason there's a rule of about six feet apart six to ten feet apart from someone because like say if you sneeze and someone's six feet apart the actual like it's not going to travel far. The virus is not going to travel far before it drops down and dies. So, like, seriously, like, I'm going to do. I'm going to go hiking tomorrow. Tomorrow, so, so there's, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you, like, you know, going to a park or whatever. And let and there's as long as you're not getting into a group of 20 people, 
that's a little that's slightly different but you can definitely you know with family go out to a park and like just have fun together so but other than that like again you can't you, like i said like you can't like with the government with the california you can't have people force forcefully stay in their homes for months on end there needs to be an end date with this whole thing and i think that the government said like about 15 days or so until this initial closed lockdown is going to end so hopefully that's the case and it may go just a little longer but it only go again it can only go so far so i think after those 15 days or just a little bit longer and everything needs to be kind of open open a little more businesses can go back to business and it's everybody just take precautions sanitize the business need to sanitize everything and all that and what what amazing what should be done what should have been done in the first place is what south korea has been doing not what italy or china has been doing what south korea has been basically doing during this whole thing and they they've seen a reduction in their infections like their infection rates has gone down everybody's recovering in south korea and what they did was different from what we're doing italy's doing and china's doing is that they didn't close down everything they didn't close down like all their restaurants or store or stores parks or whatever thing. they basically isolated the people who are the most risk from this virus who is going to most likely be in the hospital if they get it and everybody else who's like kind of normal healthy people are free to go about their business businesses and they basically say you know take precautions but you know go to work go have fun, get, you know go out about your business whatever and that's that's what we should america should have done from the beginning like have people who are the most risk just keep them isolated and all that and like and what some stores are doing right now actually is like having set hours for like the people who are like senior citizens the people that are most risk you know have have them like go to the store separately but other than that, you know, keep them kind of isolated and protected. But everybody else can, like, should be free to go about their business and everything. So that's what should be done in the first place. Not this full-blown shutdown of everything. Because that's, that's only going to do so much. And then... That's going to do so much. But... So, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all crazy. It's all crazy. I can't... I can't quite tell what's going to happen in the next week. I'm like, all, for all we know, next week, I mean, next week everything everything could be back to normal, or by next week everything could be under martial law or whatever. It's like I can't predict what's going to happen. I mean, I can't. It's it's very it's a very weird time. Like a lot of people, are like I've never seen anything like this. Like most people have said, most people have said they've never seen anything like this before. So it's it's a crazy time. It's a, it's a very unnerving time for a lot of people. But my advice is saying, you know, don't worry. You know, just have faith in God and, and everything. Like trust that He, trust that He is sovereign over everything. And then I think, and just don't worry. And just kind of look at look at the good stuff that's going to come out of it. And I think you'll you'll be fine. Alrighty, so let's get to some other stuff about this whole thing. So, kind of some more, like, kind of good news about this whole thing. There's definitely some, some like, what's surprising, like, there's definitely some Democrats who are actually praising President Trump for his, how he's handling, um, this, like, situation. So, for, I got three examples of that. 
So for the first example, we got uh, Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo of New York. And like, here's like in a video, a clip of him basically pra praising President Trump for his, you know, what he's been doing with the coronavirus and everything. So, got a video right here. Let me play it. There we go. I spoke to the president this morning again. Uh, he is ready, willing, and able to help. I've been speaking with members of his staff late last night, early this morning. We need their help, especially on the hospital capacity issue. We need FEMA. FEMA has tremendous resources. When I was at HUD, I worked with FEMA. I know what they can do. I know what the Army Corps of Engineers can do. Uh, they have a capacity that we simply do not have. I said to the president, uh, who is a New Yorker, who I've known for many, many years, I put my hand out in partnership. I want to work together 100%. Uh, I need your help. I want your help. Uh, and New Yorkers will do everything they can to be good partners with the federal government. I think the president was 100% sincere in saying that he wanted to work together uh, in partnership, in a spirit of cooperation. I can tell you the actions he has taken evidence that uh, his team has been on it. I know a team when they're on it, and I know a team when they're not on it. His team is on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning, uh, and they've uh, thus far been doing everything that they can do. And I want to say thank you, and I want to say that I appreciate it. And they will have nothing but cooperation and partnership uh, from the state of New York. And uh, we're not Democrats and we're not Republicans. We are Americans at the end of the day. That's who we are. And that's who we are when we are at our best. Uh, so. All right, so pretty cool stuff right there. That's pretty cool stuff. But um, before we get to the other um, other things, I'm actually going to have to, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you had to cut it off and go to um, YouTube or um, actually my the God of Freedom blog page on WordPress. So um, if you go to there, you can get the rest of this episode. Um, where I talk about other, like, whether pe people have been praising President Trump and, um, some updates on the, um, treatment of the coronavirus. Also, you can get what I took over the Book of John, um, starting John chapter 10 today. And also the good stuff of the week and all that. So, um, remember you can find me on your, uh, favorite podcast listening sites like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, but, and I'll see y'all next week. Um, my name is Sean Clinton and this is the Guy in Freedom Show. So apparently, I um, something happened to my camera during this part. So I had to film, I had to refilm the last uh, was it twenty minutes or so I got. Um, so the last video I played was the one Governor Cuomo actually praised 
um, President Trump. So, um, yeah, like I said, um, basically, it's going to be, we're going to repeat everything. So, uh, also, it's really good to see Governor Cuomo actually praise him, um, praise uh, President Trump, because, you know, he's not been a big fan of him at all. So, it's really cool to see that. So, another person actually uh, praised President Trump was uh, Danny Bash from CNN. And here is what that looked like. I mean, look, this is just coming back to where this conversation started after the press conference. I hear what Sanjay is saying about uh, Tony Fauci giving, you know, a little bit more wiggle room than, than others. But if you look at the big picture, this was remarkable from the president of the United States. This is a nonpartisan. This is um, an important thing to note uh, and to applaud from an American standpoint, from, an, from a human standpoint. He is... Um, being the kind of leader that people need, at least in tone, today and yesterday, right. in tone that people need and want and yearn for in times of crisis and uncertainty. So we are. So yeah, that's really, really, really good stuff right there. That's really cool to see once again, like her actually praising President Trump during this too. Like again, she's not a. She's not a fan of the president either. But the most surprising person that's done this was uh, Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota. And obviously, Ilhan Omar is not a fan of President Trump at all. At all. So, but she actually praised President Trump during this time. And here's what she said. There's some tweets from her. Uh, she was quoting um, a tweet from Lee Fang and what... Lee Fang said um, in the tweet was Trump spending mortgages for mortgage foreclosures demanding cash payments to Americans now invoking a defense protection active force private firms to produce needed supplies is incredible. So she's praising you know what Trump did. And Ilhan Omar said politics aside, this is incredible and the right response in this critical time. And she also said, um Anna Presley always says Unprecedented, unprecedented times require unprecedented measure, um, leadership, and we are seeing that in our country right now. I have faith that we will survive this as a nation and build together. Finally, we should never let politics get in the way of good policy. This is a good start and hope others will be, a part, be part of a united front to push good policies that will help us work through the economic anxiety this country is feeling right now. Really good stuff. Really, obviously, very true right there. Um, but really, really good stuff to see her. But and, you know, there's some people saying, you know, uh, there's some you see, there must be some deep, dark, nefarious reason why she's praising him. But honestly, I think it's a really good thing. I think it's really good to see some Democrats and Republicans coming together during this time, uh, and all that. So. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. And I hope it, obviously, it's not everybody's doing that, but I really hope this continues to, that United Front really continues to grow. And maybe can we, maybe something really good that comes out of this is that as a nation, we'll be more united, united than ever. So I hope, I really hope that happens. So um, to kind of end on a good note with this whole coronavirus thing, um, there's been some treatment, um, good signs. Um, going on so basically what's happened uh, it's been a uh, doing testing with a malaria the mal um, drug that's used to um, treat malaria 
some there seems some really good positive results coming from that which you know if this turns out they're really if they can use that at the tournament against um the coronavirus that's some really really good news and that will help people people calm down and really probably just end the crisis part of this and really dwell defeat go after this virus in full force so hopefully some really good will come out of that so but we shall see anything can happen within a week for all we know next week um like i said i think earlier um next week we can see this all gone or we can see the entire nation on full martial law we'll see but um let's get into some scripture <laughs> again come on Make sure the camera's still rolling. Alright. So, I mean, the good news about, like, having to do this over again is that I'm able to say better stuff than what I did. But again, I'll be in starting John chapter 10 today. And you remember, you can follow me, follow me along if you want. I'll be in the New Living Translation. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall um, of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he, he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They would turn and run from him because they don't follow his voice. Those those who heard those who heard Jesus use the illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. These purposes to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And obviously right there, that's really like kind of a big illustration of what like the truth and what who Jesus is right there. Like he like I forget where I'm sorry, I'm gonna blank what what book comes out of it, but you know obviously when he says I believe it's John, when he says, you know, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the fire except for him. And that's really kind of a play on that, on what you said right there, it's obviously very true. It's very, the scripture is very, very like specific on like on the, how how we can eternal life. So there's many people saying you know there's many ways to heaven. That's not what scripture says. You know obviously scripture says the only way to get through to eternal life is through Jesus. So let's continue on right here. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me, just as my father knows me, and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too. They are not in the this sheepfold. I must bring them also. 
they will listen to my voice, and they will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life, so I must may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice them voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay down when I want to, and also to take it, take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some people said he's a demon possessed and um, and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said this this doesn't sound like a man, like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So yeah, that's really really good pastor. And that basically this whole passage is basically the illustration of the gospel, like what Jesus came down, like how who Jesus is, like he. Like we are the sheep, and he like, leads us. We follow him, and he leads us. And he willingly sacrificed his life so that we are able to enter that gate. Like so, it's it's a really good illustration. I really like how like Jesus like said like use these parables to help people understand. Is I think that's really. The best way to teach people about the gospel and everything through these type of parables and obviously you know what he's using is like how people understood it back then but today you can use all sorts of things to explain the gospel like you can use movies like there's plenty of movies there's a lot, a lot of a lot of gospel hidden in many movies like in harry potter you can find this is the gospel in there is, yes, it is witchcraft and all that, but definitely, if you watch the movies for just a story, you could definitely see some bits of the gospel in there. It's really cool. And obviously, in Lord of the Rings, uh, Star Wars, definitely. Um, it's really, really cool. So, um, next week, I'm going to continue on with Jonathan 10. But, um, let's get into some good stuff of the week. I'm going to, again, once again, skip bad stuff this week because... Um, I'm gonna continue just on, just doing and off on the good note, instead of the bad, instead of what I done in the past. What? Where's my mouse? There it is. Because this whole crisis that is all like just negative stuff, so I really want to end this and off on a good note. So, listen also something funny too. Um, so there's many comedians I I like. Um, there's the uh, Tim Hawkins, it's really really funny. He's a Christian comedian. Um, we got Jeff Foxworthy, he's really funny. Um, Brian Reagan is really funny too. Um, also, another really funny um, comedian is uh, John Mulaney. He has some really funny um, skits. Uh, one of my favorite skits is something called the Salt and Pepper Diner. It's hilarious, very hilarious. So I'm gonna actually play it for you, and I'm playing the entire skit. So. You can kind of see what I'm talking about. Here, here's what that looked like. What it sounds like. So yeah, just sit back, sit back, relax, and just laugh. I want to tell you one story. Uh, this this was the best meal I've ever had in my life. All right, this happened when I was 11 years old in Chicago, Illinois, where I grew up, and it took place at a little uh, restaurant called the Salt and Pepper Diner which was a family restaurant in the city. Yes, yes, you know the salt and pepper diner? It's a wonderful family restaurant in, in Chicago, which means that it caters mainly to teenagers and homeless schizophrenics. <laughs> now, I go into this place one day uh, when I'm 11 with my best friend, John. And I should say that his name is also John. I'm not calling myself my own best friend. 
it's a separate human being. We walk into the salt and pepper diner one day, and they had a jukebox there, all right? And the jukebox was three plays for a dollar. So we put in seven dollars and selected 21 plays of Tom Jones's What's New Pussycat. And then we ordered and waited. Here's the thing about when What's New Pussycat plays over and over and over and over and over again. The second time it plays, your immediate thought is not, hey, someone's playing What's New Pussycat again. It's, hey, What's New Pussycat is a lot longer than I first thought. And it has like a dip in the middle. You know how some songs have a dip like, like Guns N' Roses, November Rain? You're like, hey, November Rain's over. No, it's not. There's more. The third time it plays, you're thinking, maybe someone's playing What's New Pussycat again. The fourth time it plays, you're thinking, whoa. Someone just played What's New Pussycat four times, or at least someone played it twice, and it's a really long song. So, the fifth time is the kicker. Now, we're watching the entire diner at this point. Most people have gotten wind as to what's going on. And we're staring at this one guy, and he's sitting in his booth, and his like, hand is shaking while his stupid kids jump around, and like he's been onto us since the beginning. And he's staring at his coffee cup like this, and he has this look on his face like, aw, like he just got his 30-day chip from anger management. And he's staring like this, and the fourth play fades out. It's dead quiet. And then, I don't know if you know this, but the song begins very subtly. Was new pussycat? And the guy goes, God damn it! And pounds on the table, and silverware flies everywhere, and it was fantastic. But a word about my friend John and what a genius he was. Because when we were first up at the jukebox and we were punching in the What's New Pussycats, all right? I'd punched in about seven. And then John says to me, hey, 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 wait. Before we drop in another What's New Pussycat, let's put in one It's Not Unusual. And that is when the afternoon went from good to great. After seven What's New Pussycats in a row. Suddenly, it's not unusual. And the sigh of relief has swept through the diner. People were ecstatic. It was like the liberation of France. You know, for years, scientists have wondered, can you make grown men and women weep tears of joy by playing Tom Jones's It's Not Unusual? And the answer is yes, you can. As long as it is preceded by seven What's New Pussycats.
And on the other hand, when we went back. Holy shit. It's not unusual, fades out. It's dead quiet. People went fucking insane. No one could handle it. No one could handle it. And they were surrounded by this, like, seemingly indifferent staff, you know, that was just like, yep, same shit as always. My only wish is that one of the schizophrenics had stood up and been like, now you know. Now you know what it's like to live in my brain. They unplugged the jukebox after 11 plays. And that was the best meal I've ever had. Thank you very much, San Francisco. This was great. Thank you. Hope to see you again real soon. My name's John Mulaney. Have a good night. So definitely check out like some of these other stuff. Like ever ever find like a jukebox like that that you can put in like a dollar to play some play some songs or whatever. I'm definitely doing something like that because it's so freaking hilarious. All right, so I think that's all I have for today. So let's again once again leave off on a good note. So I'll be back here next week with other crazy stuff. I'm probably not going to talk about the coronavirus or anything. So I'm most more than likely I'm going to talk about something different but i mean i'll figure it out then but i'll see y'all next week uh, my name is sean clinton and this is the guy in a frame show if you enjoyed this episode of the god of Frame show hit that like button and follow the page to get more content uh, you can also find me on your favorite podcast listening sites like apple Podcasts, spotify and soundcloud thank you for listening or watching